1: What's up, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices, as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. And of course, the excitement is high because we are officially in playoffs you don't want to miss a beat and the best way to not miss a beat is to download the odyssey app search pucks and bolts hit the auto download button so that all these brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you i'm your host casey hudson joined by adam Denker yet again and it's time for us to get into a brand new episode of pucks and bolts talking about playoffs first and foremost adam how are you welcome back
0: i'm doing well casey thanks for having me on again i mean yeah Great timing. The lightning are a day away. They're actually practicing right now, and they're going to head on to Toronto later today. So, you know, everybody's in the early stages of getting ready for tomorrow, as we are. So, really excited. The anticipation Mm -hmm. is building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the first thing we have to get into, because it's the biggest conversation revolving around playoffs, revolving around this Toronto and Tampa Bay rematch, I have to ask, Adam, where is your confidence level with the Bolts. They kind of hit a weird style after that All Star weekend. And then we thought, okay, they're going to bounce back. They showed glimmers of hope. And then the road trip slops continued. And then injuries kind of racked up. Where's your confidence level today?
0: If I had to rate my confidence out of 10, I think it's at a five right now. I just think that. The Lightning have not really shown any evolution as the season has gone on other than that month of January where they were the best team in the league. But other than that, um, really, you know, they need to come out on a nightly basis and really do it consistently. And that's really been the the thorn in their paw all season has been consistency. And And if they get out to a good start in the first couple of games of this series, I mean, all bets are off. We kind of saw something similar last year where, they were a little bit inconsistent at the end of the season, went into the first three games against Toronto. Things were just up and down. Really, the Lightning were Jekyll and Hyde, but as we all know, they went on to win the series, so hopefully we could get a uh, some sort of a, a similar, uh, some similar result this year.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually glad that you went in that direction because when I had to chat with a few people, maybe kind of convinced them not to hit the panic button just yet. It was the fact that when you looked at their season last year, as you mentioned, they kind of had some of the same waves and they were sitting roughly about the same points behind Toronto. And a lot of the statistics were very similar heading into the matchup. I think the most alarming thing is that the Bulls didn't hit hundred points this year and the away games, the fact that they really couldn't sequence together uh, consistent, effective play on the road. And, of course, they're starting on the road versus Toronto. Is that maybe what brings in that confidence level out of five? Or do you think that they can pull off one win in Toronto before returning home?
0: I don't think it's really so much that, Casey. I really think it's more so the Lightning struggles early on in the games. I mean, you could see it. I could see it. All Lightning fans see it. In the first five to ten minutes of a Lightning game, I mean, it really just – ping pong back and forth between the two teams. And and the Lightning oftentimes are just caught in the waves, really. Um, So really what they have to do, and it, it doesn't matter whether they're home or away. I don't think that's the problem. I think it's just they have to go out and manage the game. They have to go out and assert themselves, something that we really haven't seen very often. And, you know, it's all about confidence as well. I feel like once they get on the ice and they start to do the little things uh, especially in front of that Toronto crowd, you know, I don't think that's going to bother them. They've played in front of much worse than, than Toronto Maple Leafs fans, so I'm not worried about that as much. But I think really it comes down to confidence in the opening minutes and just staying to their game. And if they could do that, I, I, I think that we'll, we'll start to see, especially my confidence level, go up as, right. as the series goes on. <laughs>
1: I know. You kind of got to get a feel for it. You just have to let it happen rather than having so many assumptions ahead of time. I suck with the assumptions ahead of time. <laughs> I, I, I just can't lean in one direction or another for anybody. Um, but, of course, the trade deadline was a huge topic. You and I talked about it a bit before when we had you know, worked together a couple months ago. And there was a lot of excitement around Tanner Janot and what he'll do, if he'll be a 24-goal scorer with the Lightning or you know, build off of that five-goal season that he was having with Nashville so far. What new pieces over at Toronto maybe kind of give you a little bit of a whoa? They might be that much more serious to break their first round curse.
0: Uh, Morgan Riley, I, th- I mean, excuse me, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I just think that you know he's kind of he adds that that veteran leadership that that really that that attitude of being there before. As we all know, he was the captain of the Blues when they won the Cup a couple of years ago, and I really think that's what the Toronto Maple Leafs needed. I mean, you looked at their roster the last couple of years, the talent was there, the names were there. But at the end of the day, you never had anybody who went beyond the first round uh, right. for the most part on that team. And I think O'Reilly really brings um, that that veteran leadership that they really lacked. Not to say that, you know, John Tavares is doing a bad job as captain, but yeah, I think O'Reilly definitely, you know, Whenever you get a guy who's been there before, he, he could sit there on the bench or on the ice between whistles and say, hey, we got this. Don't get too crazy. You know, there's still a lot of game left. And we've seen that with the Lightning the last couple of years with the all the veteran leadership that they have had. Uh, you know, Pat Maroon is one good example. You kind of saw that when they brought him in a couple of years ago as to how, you know, we saw the Lightning kind of panic in certain moments. And then you brought in a guy like Pat Maroon, who was also on that Blues team. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of telling the guys on the bench, you know, calm down, still a lot of game to play. And I think really having that perspective goes a long way for any hockey team in the playoffs.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I think that that's probably one of the things that when we do have discussions like this, I rely on the fact that the veteran group in the Lightning locker room is very unique, I want to say. There's so many different leadership styles. I got a chance to talk to Steven Stamkos about it a couple of weeks ago, and you've got Victor Hedman, who has a specific leadership style. He might not say much, but it's his presence and kind of a lead by example kind of guy. You've got Mikhail Sergachev, who got tapped on the shoulder to have that much more responsibility and has really kind of lived up to the expectation, in my personal opinion. Eric Chernak voiced to me earlier in the season that he wanted to kind of have more of a voice in the locker room. So is that something that can kind of help this team get past probably some of the adversity that they'll find themselves in with this first round?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we could agree, Casey, that leadership presence was never an issue for this team for the most part. I mean, like you you just stated a couple of the names of who really are are the guys who could really wrangle in certain players when they need to. And, and you know, guys like Brandon Hagel, guys like Tanner Janelle, who you just brought up, those guys, you know, learn a lot from that. And you, you'll start to see over the next couple of seasons as well as those guys progress from young talent into leaders um you know how much of an effect that has on their play so yeah I I mean you know a lot of people say too many voices in the dressing room sometimes hurts but in this situation especially when you're going up against really if you look at the two rosters Casey these are both all-star teams you know mm-hmm. if you were just to grab guys from each team and play an all-star game so you know you're gonna need as many voices to tell you to calm down and just play your game as possible so I, I I like it. I like the dynamic that this team has. And like you said, there's, there's so many different personalities and, and I think that's going to benefit the lightning in the end.
1: I love that you said that, that that's going to complement this room of both rooms because they're so skilled and so talented, which brings me to maybe in my book, the most important question, playoff gamers. There's guys that just hit a whole different caliber of play and dial things up when it comes to playoffs. I don't know if it's just the switch going off or what it may be, but who are some lightning playoff gamers in your book?
0: Well, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't start off with Brandon, Brandon Point. I mean, yeah. what, look at what he's done over the last couple of years. His resume speaks for, him, for, for itself. Uh, Victor Hedman, another one. Andre Vazileski, another one. Both Conn Smythe winners over the past two cup runs. Uh, so, you know, you have those names right there. Nick Paul, who had an electric playoffs last year. I think that he's going to come in and play with a ton of intensity. Uh, my sleeper, though, I think for the playoffs this year, in terms of a gamer, and some Lightning fans might disagree with me, but I think Alex Kalorn is set to have a very, very good playoff run. You know, he was pretty much absent the entire run last year, but he's bounced back in a big way this year. Uh, really, pretty much almost shaming the Lightning into not trading him at the deadline. So, mm-hmm. I, I I really think that Alex Kalorn knows that this is do or die for him I his contracts up after this year and and I really firmly believe you know how he performs in the playoffs determines whether or not he gets a contract back in Tampa so you know he's going to come out and play with a ton of intensity and you're going to see Alex Klorin do Alex Klorin things so And, and you know, I I would expect you know some of the younger guys as well, uh, Ross Colton, who also hasn't really had a good year. But you know, Ross, as we all know, is solidified him in, in Lightning history as a playoff hero. I would expect him to kind of just sit back and let the game come to him. You know, not to say that he hasn't tried this year. I think that he's had a lot of opportunities this year. It's just one of those situations for Ross where he's just gripped the stick way too tight in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of guys on this team that you could really look at and say they're gamers, but yeah, the guys that I just listed, I think are really, you're going to see that impact right away in this series against Toronto.
1: Yeah. And you named some key guys there that I had on my list too. I have about five gamers and I'll share them with you in a moment. But my biggest thing with where Braden point isn't talked about enough is that the last couple of playoff series, We found out either during the series, obviously, or after the fact that he was playing through tremendous injuries and uh, something that knock on wood and everything else is that health appears to be on his side this season. So could he be the ultimate surprise or weapon versus these teams? Because he wasn't talked about enough during the season. I still stand by the fact that he was snubbed for all star week. Then he's in the company of only five other NHL players for 50 plus goals, closes out the season with 51. You think that they're maybe underestimating him to the point where he can kind of sneak in there and be a weapon?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring that up. That you know the whole conversation of him being snubbed for the All Star game and you know only one of a select few to have fifty or goal fifty or more goals this year. I was actually talking to someone the other day saying, you know, if it wasn't for a little someone called Connor McDavid, I think there might have been some more talk about Braden Point in the Hart Trophy uh, conversation mm-hmm. this year. So. Um, You know what? I think that he's well aware. I've heard from people within the organization that Pointer is well aware of the lack there of conversation that has had around his game, especially the last couple of years, to where we could both agree he's been the best player by far in the playoffs. Uh, So I I think that's going to help in the long run. I think also Toronto is very well aware, though of what Braden Point can do. So that's the other thing. But at the same time, I like – I don't know how you feel about it, Casey, but I love when teams focus on one singular player on this team. We see it a a lot with Nikita Kucherov throughout the course of the season. You always see when he brings the puck into the low slot, four guys collapse on him, and that leaves opportunities for guys like Steven Stamkos. So I think that's going to open up the game for the Lightning. Uh, If they focus on Braden Point, that's fine and we could hurt him in other ways at the same time, that will open up things in the end for Braden Point. Uh, so it, it's it's a double-edged sword for him in terms of benefit benefiting his game.
1: Yes. So I'm actually glad you mentioned that because that's one of my key points under why I have some a little more confidence in the Lightning and what they'll produce. We saw some really interesting blended-up lines. We've also seen a couple guys that became versatile enough to play on any line and make an impact. Um, For instance, you know, everyone loved that Hagel was on the top line and they were crushing it in the beginning of the season. Then they pair him with Anthony Sorelli. you got these two insane four checkers on the first line and they were able to isolate a team like the Boston Bruins when they beat them 3-2 before All-Star Week. And then in practice today, you got Hagel, I think Sorelli, Kalorn on the third line, Stamkos back on the first line. There's so many different looks that this team can serve. So along the lines of what you just said, if Kucherov is down in the slot and drawing over defensemen and opening up any other guy, there's so many opportunities I think this team can rely on. And I agree with some of your player picks for gamers, which is going to bring me to some of mine to get your personal opinion on. them. So I had Ross Bolton as you mentioned, because he was that guy that, pulled, that helped them lift the second Stanley Cup versus Montreal with the lone goal. And then he has he had three goals and two assists versus Toronto last season. So I think maybe knowing what he's produced in playoffs before can help raise his confidence. Uh Alex Clorin, I couldn't agree more. Aside from the contract year, he's having a career season, 27 goals. And I think maybe there's a mental game that always gets to these guys. Yeah. And so last year, didn't he have those two called back goals right before playoffs or in playoffs?
0: Uh yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, it was either yeah. either or.
1: Right, but the timing of it, and I just remember, and that's the hard part with media. It comes up so much, and then these guys have to get over that mental hurdle, and I think that kind of played into some of the slowness in in playoffs last year for him. Um, Brandon Hagel, though, I think he's going to be the ultimate surprise because he scored one goal last year uh, versus Toronto, and he was still getting acclimated in his role, and now he has an identity, a flourishing identity with this team, can play on any line. They keep him rotated between the top three lines, obviously, what do you think we'll see out of Higgs come, you know, this playoff round?
0: I, I think we're going to see something similar to what we see in Braden Point on a yearly basis in the playoffs. I mean, it, so much was talked about last year about how Hagel was really just struggling as we went into the playoffs. And like you said, one goal against Toronto last year. I, I think I think we could agree that he has settled in very well uh, this season. And, and I think that his game is very complementary towards what we see out of Braden point. So I think that we're going to see kind of a little bit of a shuffle from Cooper, having him on the second, maybe next to Sorelli. But I think when the situation calls for it, we'll probably see him up on the line with coach and point. Um, I think Hagel could have the potential. Now this is way down in the future of the playoffs, but uh, he's one of those guys. If the lightning do indeed go back and hoist Lord Stanley, I think that we're going to look at Hagel as possibly a con Smythe favorite.
1: I love that. Um, Now, one of the most important things when it comes to any team facing off of one another are the guys between the pipes. Vasilevsky, we know, is going to be in game one, obviously, and probably throughout the rest of the series in case anything happens. And then there's this guy, Samsonov, that everyone keeps giving all this hype to because he's played in, I don't know, 40-something games. So, of course, statistically, his records look appealing. Tell me your thoughts on the eye test versus statistics, and if you think that Andre Vasilevsky has the leg up over Samsonov.
0: I'm more of a eye test guy, especially in the playoffs, because all bets are off. We we both know when you look at the regular season versus the the playoffs, you don't really see some of the same things that you really see in the in the regular season. It, it, I feel like teams play more conservative; they play a different kind of game uh typically games are lower scoring uh i i I think that until Samsonov shows me otherwise and and don't get me wrong he i think he's a very talented goaltender i think he's going to be very good for the maple leafs for years to come as long as you know he continues to progress but at the same time and maybe i'm a little biased saying this i think vasilevsky until proven otherwise has the edge i i think really though what it comes down to vasilevsky is if his team is going to be able to play well in front of him. You know, a lot of of it has been spoken about this year, and I've spoken about it on my show, how really this has been somewhat of an off year for Vasilevsky, especially in the beginning of the season. Didn't really look much like himself. There was already talk about is he fatigued from all these past couple of playoff runs. But the last couple of weeks, especially, you know, these last two games, I I I really thought he played well. I think he really showed me something in that loss against the Rangers. Now, yeah, they gave up a bunch of goals. But at the same time, I thought he played very well. And I think really what it comes down to is, you know, we can't just oftentimes rely on Vasilevsky to stand on his head. I just think that the league has gotten to a point in in skill with scoring that, the days of a goaltender taking over a game are pretty much behind us at this point. It's become a team game really right now, Casey. And I think really at the end of the day, as long as Vasilevsky plays to the level that we all know he does, it's really going to hang back on the lightning defense and what they could do in front of him to really, you know, put a limit on the traffic that I know that the Maple Leafs are going to try and put in front of Vasilevsky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're a high shot volume team, which kind of, brings me to a split road here. We know that Andre Vasilevsky has said to the media before he actually likes high volume teams because it keeps him on his toes. He doesn't get cold or dry between the pipes on his end of the ice. So in a way, that's a positive. Um, But as you mentioned, defense in this team as a whole, they cannot rely on Vasilevsky to pull them through um, because it's just different. in these times we saw the defense start to collectively get more synergistic towards the end of the season before falling apart on the road. Do you think that we should be looking at the team that they were becoming and the identity that they were finding before that three-game road trip loss or do you think that'll play an element versus this game who will have the stronger defense?
0: I think it I think we'll we'll see certain moments where the Lightning will regress back to having the same issues that they had all season, but I think that for the most part They're they've moved on. I think that their defense the last couple of weeks, despite the five game losing streak, I think has been exponentially better than what it was throughout the course of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think, though, starting on at home, uh, Toronto is going to have the edge. I I think they're going to come out with a bunch of energy because really at the end of the day, Casey, you know, I think that Toronto. In some way, Mount. maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like they don't have as much to prove as Tampa does because Tampa, two times Stanley Cup champions over the last couple of years, they're starting to get to that hump where, you know, are they going from championship caliber team to team that is possibly going towards a rebuild? I mean, you know, that's crazy to say, but it always we always kind of see it with certain teams. You saw it with the Penguins the last couple of years. You saw it with the Blackhawks. You know Those teams have had an immense amount of, of success over the last couple of years. I think that Toronto is kind of in the driver's seat right now because for the most part, they had a very good season. And really, I think that they're a lot more relaxed than Tampa at this point in time. So really, I think Tampa Bay is really going to have to continue to improve where Toronto is kind of just going to have to stick to what they know. And, mm-hmm. and really, I think that's going to play a big part in this series.
1: Yeah, and a key thing that you mentioned there is probably the two different pressures and the Lightning kind of aiming for that fourth Stanley Cup final appearance. And kind of touching back on the trade deadline really quickly before we get into some statistics on both sides is they didn't trade for that defenseman that everyone thought they were going to trade for. They pull up Darren Radish. Darren Radish has been an all-star in the AHL. Um, I think he closed out. That season, Well, he didn't close out the season, but he wrapped up in Syracuse and came to the Lightning with 50 points under his belt and like 13 goals. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you
1: think that that was speaking to the fact that they're looking forward and they didn't have to make that move at the trade deadline? And what have you seen out of him and maybe Nick Kerbix that can make you feel like, okay, I can see the big picture here. They can contribute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that at this point in time, I think Julian Breeze-Boss has realized that yeah, Stanley Cups are great, but at a certain point, you're going to have to start building towards the future. You know, Steven Stamkos is getting older. Victor Hedman's getting older. Uh, Alex Kalorn may or may not be coming back next year. You know, other names, Braden Point and Cooch, are going to start to be more of the main focus of this team in the coming years you know we kind of saw a regression sort of which is crazy he had 30 goals this year but it was still a somewhat of a down year for steven samkos which is crazy to think about but yeah, yeah i i think i i i've been saying for a long time play the young guys you know it the lightning don't have really the most stellar uh farm system up in syracuse but mm-hmm. at the same time they do have talent we have seen it over the past couple of years when they've had to bring up talent i mean look yeah. at ross colton prime example uh so the talent is there the experience is there these guys have played enough times at the nhl level to kind of figure it out and not be too overwhelmed by the height of the moment so i really think that bringing up radish was a great move i think obviously having Perbix in the beginning of the season that was just i think just a, a lucky move for them because i don't think anybody realized how good he was going to play but mm-hmm. yeah, I think to a certain point, you have to start playing these guys because there's no guarantee that your your stars are going to be able to perform at the level they are forever. So you know what? In the meantime, get them playoff experience. And o- the only thing it's going to do is benefit them in the future.
1: So I'm going to throw my producer for a loop here, and we're going to technically play a little game. Okay. Usually when we open the show, we do something called the breakout, which is updated news and information. Now, I'm going to use the breakout to just throw you a couple rapid fire questions, just a okay. few, and you just let me know which direction you're leaning in. So, the first question is Which statistics um, draw you to feel like one team will succeed over the other? Uh, Megan Chaika from Hockey Analytics posted this, and I found it so interesting. Toronto Maple Leafs um, lead in the goal column with 3.67 goals per game in comparison to the Lightning's 2.67. The alarming part of this goal ratio is the fact that the Maple Leafs average 5.67 odd man rushes per game, and they average 3.04 goals off the rush. That's the first thing to consider. Okay. Versus, <laughs> versus the Lightning, uh, where they kind of over, override the Maple Leafs. They top the Maple Leafs with 54.7% possession. They tilt the ice with 21 minutes and 35 seconds of possession time per game and six minutes and 56 seconds of ozone possession time. Which one gives you more confidence to pick a team?
0: Wow. Um, I would have to say the odd man rush thing really stuck out to me. I just think that really in, in that category, I think Toronto just that that's something that the lightning are going to have to keep an eye out for. I think that we've seen it all season long tampa a lot of the games in which they've struggled immensely against teams whether it be below them in the standings or at the same height of them in the standings i think really the odd man rushes have really been their kryptonite so that is something that i'm sure john cooper and company are really keeping an eye on and i'm sure are practicing on right now like i said before they're they're actually skating around right now so before they go mm-hmm. up to toronto so yeah i think the odd man rush thing is something that uh Tampa should be a lookout for and and lightning fans should be on the lookout for
1: yeah that was the one that got me too because the odd man rush management has been skeptical now the next ones are not as long-winded if you had to choose <laughs> an impactful player over the other brayden point or austin matthews
0: i would have to say brayden point i think yeah i think i'm biased in that um just because i he has just been the team the lifeblood of the team over the last couple of playoff runs and and really coming off of a 50 goal season and and you're starting to see we've been talking for years Casey how you know when is Braden Point going to go from obscurity to NHL star and I think this year we saw that I think that he's gone from local hero to the rest of the league kind of looking at him like oh crap like here he is he's ready to go now everybody knows what we already know and Braden Point's going to be a problem, I think, for Toronto. But like I said earlier on, that's only going to help the rest of this team open things up and and get going. So yeah, I'm going to have to go with Braden Point.
1: Love it, and couldn't agree more. Steven Stamkos or John Tavares?
0: I would have to go with John Tavares. Uh, I I just think he's a very good game manager. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think he makes everybody around him better. Stamkos has to continue to evolve this year. Uh, that shot from the circle isn't no longer automatic. I think in the last couple of weeks, he's had to score mm-hmm. from the dirty areas, which is a very positive sign that he's starting to kind of realize that he needs to mix it up a little bit, but I would have to go with John Tavares in this, in this situation.
1: Yep. Versatility does win out Nikita Kucherov versus William Nylander. Nylander has been a pain in my side.
0: <laughs> I, I would just- have, to. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to go. I will say Neilander probably one of the best dressed hockey players in the league, but I would have did to go with, with
1: style crown.
0: Yeah, have to um, give him the style crown. Uh, but I will go with Cooch. I think he's and he's. It goes back to versatility. I think Cooch is kind of. When I look at Nikita Kucherov on the ice, I always think of Magic Johnson, what he did on the basketball court. He was able to score, pass, play defense. Now Cooch not so much with the defense, but. I look at him as the facilitator of this team, the point guard, and when you have a guy like that could, could, that is at the top of his game in both categories in terms of skill, I think he's very, very dangerous. So I would have to give Coach the edge in this one.
1: Love that, and actually, what a great reference because with eighty-one assist, well, or, you know, eighty-plus assists, hundred-plus points, you could tell he's impactful and a part of every good thing that's happened this yeah. season. Um, which team has the best center? After talking to Bellamar earlier this year, he mentioned basically how meticulous a center has to be in order to help his team, um, especially when it comes to faceoffs and everything else. Who do you think has the stronger maybe center, group of centers, or one particular center?
0: I would have to say, I would have to go back for now. Now, maybe check in with me midway <laughs> through, through the series if I change, but I would have to go with Toronto. I, like I said before, John Tavares is very versatile. I do want to go back towards Anthony Sorelli. I love Anthony Sorelli. He's and the thing I think is going to benefit him in the long run, got a little bit of a late start this year due to injury, which I think means he's going to be completely ready to go, especially in the later games uh, going to show a lot of energy, but yeah, John Tavares an experienced veteran uh, could, could facilitate the puck could win faceoffs, could also score when need to. So uh, I would have to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Yeah, and he's one of my gamers too. All right, two more questions before we wrap this up. The second to last question will be, which was the best goal this season in your opinion? Stamkos collecting 500 or Braden Point with the goal against the Seattle Kraken dancing through three jerseys like it's not a big deal?
0: i would have to go with stamkos i just think really what it comes down to with him you're seeing a great story unfold uh immensely because of the the history of injuries that he has had and and you know at one point we thought that maybe he wasn't going to be what he is normally is in terms of his ability to play Uh, he had that gruesome injury to his leg uh years ago so i i it's a great story for Stamkos. It's it's great that we get to celebrate all these milestones with him in the same season, which I still can't believe. You know, with, with the thousand games and 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 you know, five hundred career goals. So, I mean, the, the the Hall of Fame resume continues to build and build and build, and and you know, I would have to I would have to go with him because he is at the end of the day the the, the face of the franchise.
1: Absolutely, and just a genuine human great captain and four celebrations this year for a reason, which brings me to the final question here at Pucks and Bolts. Now, I'll give you an option. You can either give me your round one predictions or you can give me your best bets for scores. Who's going to pick up a goal or your first round predictions?
0: I'm going to say Bolts and seven. I think that this is going to be an immensely close series, just like what we saw last year. Um, and you know what, I'll actually throw my hat in on scores this as well. I think Brandon Hagel is going to have a big series. I think Tanner, Janot is going to figure it out. I think that we're probably going to see William Nylander, uh, kill us a little bit more as the series goes on. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I think in the end, I think this comes down to Andre Basilewski finally getting back to what he was, uh, to his Vezina, Tro- uh, Vezina trophy level play. So I would have to say the lightning in seven and yeah, I I think that though, I mean, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, Casey. I mean, I would love to say that they're going back to the Eastern conference finals, but uh, we'll take
1: it one round at a time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's do one (laughs) round at a time.
1: That's all my nerves can handle, but thank you again for joining us guys. Don't forget to follow Adam Denker who hosts locked on lightning. You don't want to miss all the coverage for playoffs because of course it's never less than exciting. Thank you for joining me here on Pucks and Bolts yet again. And then to catch this episode and all other episodes and coverage of the Lightning playoffs, download the Odyssey app, hit the auto download button after you search Pucks and Bolts, have brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you. Follow at Pucks and Bolts, follow Adam Denker, follow at The Sports Case. Once again, Adam, thank you so much, guys. I'm your host, Casey Hudson, and we'll catch you next time.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.